Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Inspiration and Transformation from the Banks of the Ganga with Sadvi Bhagwati Saraswati, an American sannyasi living at the Parmarth Nikitan Ashram in Rishikesh, India. Sadvi is president of the Divine Shakti Foundation, a charitable organization bringing education, vocational training, upliftment, and empowerment programs to women and children. Sadvi is also Secretary General of the Global Interfaith Wash Alliance and Director of the world-famous International Yoga Festival. Join the musings of an American sannyasi as Sadvi shares the wisdom and teachings of her guru, His Holiness, Pujyaswami Chidnant Saraswatiji. Welcome, everyone, to Inspiration and Transformation from the Holy Banks of the sacred Ganga River in the land of Rishikesh, India. When Pujaswamiji says, when you talk to God, it's prayer. When God speaks to you, it's meditation. So you, you smile for the Buddha, it's prayer. He smiles back at you. That's meditation. That's grace. And that's what always happens. Anyway, and that's why, why we know that grace, grace is there for all. It's not, I smile at the Buddha and sometimes he smiles back. Or I smile at the Buddha and if he's in a good mood, then he smiles back. Or... I smile at the Buddha, and if I remembered to brush my hair, then he smiles back. But I smile, and he smiles back. And that that smile is the best gift. And that's, it's such a beautiful, beautiful teaching, that that, that is the gift. You know, so frequently we... We go to God, we embark on a spiritual path, a spiritual practice to get something out of it. Especially these days with so much of the, the new age community talking about, you know, the gains you get from meditation. So if you become a good meditator, you will be able to become like a magnet for money. You'll become like a magnet for success. You'll become like a magnet for, you know, all of the name and the fame and the glory and whatever you want. And it makes us forget that that's actually not what prayer was intended for. It's not, that's not the end goal of our spiritual practice or our spiritual path. That yes, yes, we get what we want. Yes, we become like a magnet for good things. Absolutely. But it's only the, the, the new age and slightly, slightly shallow vision that makes us think that good things and rewards and all that we want are money or that all that we want is material success or that all that we want is to, you know, become the highest person in the company or to get name and fame. Yeah, when we pray, it connects us to grace. When we pray... It connects us to all of the goodness. We smile at the Buddha. The Buddha smiles back. 
And in that smile, all of that, all of that comes. But when all of that comes, money, that level of success, that name, that fame, these are, these are not things that we even desire anymore. The, the sheer longing for that shows us that we haven't yet experienced the smile of the Buddha. Because when we have, as your song says, that becomes the best gift. It's not, it's not like, you know, mom is smiling, therefore maybe I'll get an ice cream after dinner. Or mom is smiling, therefore maybe she'll have, let me have an extra cookie. You know, that, that smile, sometimes when we see it on the face of a parent, a teacher, an employer, we think, oh, good, they're happy with me. Therefore, maybe I will get something. Boss is smiling, maybe I'll get a raise. Teacher smiling, maybe we'll get, you know, extra free time. Or maybe, maybe that's because I got a good grade on my test. But when the Buddha smiles, that smile is the gift. We're never thinking, oh, oh, God is smiling at me. Great. Maybe I'm gonna, you know, make a lot of money this year. That smile of God is the gift. And in that gift, nothing else matters. That is, that is all of what we're longing for. There's a, a wonderful story of a, that actually Puja Swamiji told me when I had been here. It's probably the first teaching story he told me. He'd been here, God, I don't know, maybe a few weeks, maybe a couple months, but right in the very, very, very beginning. And the story goes that there was a king who was a very, very powerful king. And the king went off to do what kings in those days did, which was to, to capture more land. You know, the kings would go off for months or years on end to the neighboring lands to expand their kingdom, to try to, you know, capture neighboring lands. And this king had many, many wives back home. And after he had been out in the neighboring lands for a long time, he was just about to leave to go back to his kingdom. And so he sent messages back to his queens asking them, what should I bring back for you? What would you like? Because, you know, they'd come back and they'd bring back silks or gems or, you know, all sorts of things from, from foreign lands. And the king got all of these lists back from his wives. Bring me this, bring me that, bring me these fabrics, bring me these gems, bring me this food, bring me whatever queens at that time longed for from foreign lands. And one queen, one queen sends back a piece of paper that just has number one written on it. And the king, like many kings in these, these stories, was a good man, but, but simple intellectually. He was not very, very deep. And so he gets this note with number one, and he says to his advisor, minister, he says, She's not very smart. He says, I always knew she was not, you know, very, very smart. Number one, what, is, what does one mean? I asked, I asked for a list of things. What does one mean? But his advisor was very wise. And the advisor says, no, that number one means you are my number one. And what this queen is saying is you are number one. She doesn't want all of those other things. There's no list from this queen. Just you. Oh, the king said, you know, naturally he was, he was very touched and pleased. And so he sent all of, his, all of his other soldiers and his people to all of his other queens with their carriages and boxes full of, you know, silks and other, other fabrics or gems and whatever. And he personally went to this one queen. 
And as Pooja Swamiji told me the story, he said, you know, and of course, naturally, wherever the king goes, everything goes with him. I mean, yeah, a few boxes may go here, a few carriages may go there, but wherever the king goes, obviously, all of the soldiers, all of his people, all of the goods, everything goes with the king. Nobody's going to say to the king, oh yeah, okay, no problem, you go there, we'll be waiting for you back at the palace. Obviously, wherever the king is, king ki piche, 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 sab Everything is there with the king. And so when, when what we want is only God, which of course is what the, the moral, the teaching, the metaphor of the story is, when what we want is only God, when what we long for is only God, naturally with God's presence, everything else comes, like the king. When in that smile is everything, then yeah, everything is there. We lose when we think that somehow through my prayer or through my meditation or through my spiritual practice, I'm going to get this or get that or get this. Yeah, sometimes we get it. Mantras are very powerful. Siddhis come. This, you know, the path is powerful. But in getting those things, we've made ourselves like the queens who wanted just fabrics and gems instead of the actual presence of the king. So yeah, they get their fabrics, they get their gems, they get their silks, but they're left without, without the presence. And in that presence is where the real magic happens. So I usually don't begin satsang with a lecture. It's usually just questions, but I was so so touched by your song that it it inspired. You're listening to OTRFM, part of the IOM Radio Network. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. OM Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single. Circle of Hearts Radio is a sanctuary on the airwaves. Join me, Grandmother Alaya, in the circle on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, as I share information to both enlighten and nourish your soul. Hi, this is Christina Ricci with Rain. Every two minutes, another American is sexually assaulted. If you or someone you know has been sexually assaulted, you are not alone. Help is just a call or click away through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Please call 1-800-656-HOPE, that's H-O-P-E, or visit RAIN.org, that's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. Brought to you by RAIN and this station. Welcome back to Inspiration and Transformation. I'm so glad to have you all back here with me. The fact that you have found your roots, having been born in a Hindu family and now practicing Buddhism, that you feel like through that you found your roots. Well, of course. The roots of Buddhism are in Hinduism. And so the roots are all the same. The soil is the same. The flowers in the garden come up differently. But it's all, it's all one. So, so don't worry about that. That's however, however you connect with your roots is what matters. And however you can grow highest is also what matters. In terms of this concept of emptiness, shunya. So here's, here's where on a very basic level, Buddhism and... Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions and Temple University is one of them. 
This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hinduism. Speak about the same thing, but in different terms. So in Buddhism, we speak about shunya, emptiness. You meditate, you meditate, you meditate, you meditate, you meditate. You experience that state of emptiness. In Hinduism, they talk about wholeness, everythingness, right? Porn. You meditate, you meditate, you meditate, you meditate, you meditate, you experience everythingness, okay? Now, imagine that I have a glass jar of air, okay? Closed jar, nice glass jar about yay big, air, full of air, sealed tight. Now, I smash my glass jar on the ground. Glass shatters. What am I left with? What do I have? Hmm? Hmm? Nothing, right? I had, I had a glass of air. Exactly, exactly. So, Emptiness, nothingness, as in previously I had a jar of air. Now I have nothing. My jar is broken. But the other way to look at it is where previously I had a jar of air. Now I have air. So there are basically just simply two ways of describing the exact same phenomenon. The exact same phenomenon. I'm not that learned in the the Buddhist tradition enough in terms of the aspects of the philosophy or the terminology that they use. But what I know is that there is, as you've also just mentioned, this emphasis on the emptiness. But it's an emptiness that's not the absence of something. See, typically when we think of silence, we think of it just as the absence of sound. Emptiness is the absence of that which was there. But it's actually not. Real silence on a spiritual level is full. It's just full of that which exists when the nonsense isn't there. It's full of that which exists when the jabbering that's constantly going on in our brains calms down, or the noise that's coming in from the world around us calms down. But it's a very full silence. And spiritual emptiness is also, ironically, fullness. If there's nothing, if there's nothing but God, then when I'm all gone, when I'm over, I've entered that state of stillness. There's no more me. So yeah, you could describe it as you've said the Buddhists do as emptiness. But you also could describe it as fullness because where half an hour ago I was feeling like this body, I was feeling like this mind, now I enter enter the state of emptiness. There's no longer body-mind. It's just become still. There's no longer me. 
But that emptiness is also very full. Because in that emptiness is everything. What there isn't any longer is a place where I end and the fullness begins. There's no distinction between me and the fullness. There's no separation. And so when we speak about porn, when you look at, you know, the mantra that we chant, Purnamada, Purnamidam, Purnat, Purnamudachate, Purnasya, Purnamadaya, Purnameva, Vishishate. What it means is, it's this exact teaching of the fullness that's infinite. So if, if God, by whatever name, whatever form, nameless, formless, it doesn't matter, however we conceive of that, even if it's, we just conceive of it as Buddha nature, if it's not a supreme reality, but it's just a Buddha nature, well, that nature is infinite. That nature is expansive. Nirvana has no borders. You can't say, well, what's the latitude and longitude of nirvana? Where, where does it exist? Where does it end? And the rest of the world begins. It's infinite. If that, the capital T, that, is infinite, and we, who have been created out of that, are reflections of that, manifestations of that, well, then we're also infinite, right? It's... It's mathematics, you know, 101. Infinity divided by 10 is infinity. Infinity divided by 7 billion is still infinity. Infinity divided by however many billions and billions of species have ever existed, still infinity. So in that, is fullness, is infinity. And yeah, it can feel empty. It can feel like a void because it's a void of my identity with my ego. It's a void of who I think I am, how I think the world is, how I've always interacted. We, we know the world. Our only way of knowing the world is through our five senses. Right? I mean, I know you're there because I can see you. If I close my eyes and you don't make any noise and you don't have any smell about you, I don't have any way of knowing you exist. Unless you came up and you touched me, then I could feel you. But if I can't see you, I can't smell you, can't taste you, can't feel you, can't hear you. You obviously still exist. My inability to know you exist has no impact on your existence. But to me, there is now emptiness, right? You were here. Now you're no longer here. Now you are still here, of course. I just have no way of knowing you anymore. So this is how we know the world. All of the knowledge that we have is that which we've acquired through these five senses, which is fine, but it's obviously very limited. It limits us only to those things. And so when, when I experience a state in my spiritual practice in which I'm not seeing or smelling or feeling or touching or tasting. And even, even on a deeper level, the very, the very presence of my organs of sensation no longer seem to be part of me. So it's not my nose is, but it's just not picking anything up. I'm not even any longer identified with the fact that I have an organ of smelling. 
it's a void. But into that void comes everything. When my jar of air breaks, I now have just air. But in order to have that experience of everythingness, I have to be prepared to have nothingness. You can't have a little something and everything. I can't have a small jar of air and everything. It's got to break. And that's where the emptiness and the fullness merge. This is OTRFM, part of the IOM Radio Network. OM Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment, a philanthropic organization. Their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. OM Times. Co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Do you have time to read that inspiring book or that blog post you've been meaning to get to? In your busy world, how do you improve yourself and keep your life going? I'm Lisa Kay, and my Between Heaven and Earth radio show can transform your life just by listening. Be uplifted with inspiring topics, positive stories, and ideas that really work. Between Heaven and Earth Radio is conscious living for your soul every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Like Baldwin with people for the ethical treatment of animals. I grew up loving circuses and other traveling animal shows, but it never occurred to me what life might be like for the animals. Training wild animals to do things they don't understand takes force. Routine discipline with a hook or whip with the heel of a boot shows the animal exactly who's the boss. Don't patronize animal acts. Please contact people for the ethical treatment of animals. 757-622-PETA Welcome back. This is Sadvi Bhagavati Saraswati with inspiration and transformation. So in regular life, If I'm just moving through regular life, what is the witness attitude? Okay. It's many things and it's very deep, but here's what it would look like if you were just beginning to learn about it, okay? So you begin with something very, very gross and very simple. By gross, I don't mean disgusting. I mean gross as in of matter, very, you know, tangible. So I'm going to drink water. I feel thirsty. So if I were going to try to cultivate the witness, before I drink the water, I would allow myself a moment and I would try to connect with the one in me who was experiencing thirst. Because mostly we're just automatic. My mouth goes, feels dry. And I reach out for water. But can I connect for just a moment with the awareness in me of a dry mouth? Who, who notices my mouth is dry? Who's the one who says, my mouth is dry? Whose mouth is it? So I spend just a moment connecting with that. Don't, don't get yourself too frustrated. This is it's a practice. But take a, you just take a moment and you connect. Can I, can I connect with the one who is saying my mouth? Whose mouth? Who's that my? Who, who knows? Who understands thirst? And then as I bring it up to my lips, If I could have talked with my mouth full, I would have done that. But if I had opened my mouth, the water would have all poured out. So I had to swallow and then tell you. But while, while the water is inside, before you swallow, again, can I connect with the part of me that is aware that there's water in my mouth? Can I connect with the part of me that is watching the water? Go down. Okay? You do that for a while. 
Do that on a very, very simple level for a while. Then, as you start to watch yourself do... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Things. Notice, okay, after I've had that sip of water... I'm no longer experiencing that same level of thirst. So can I be the one now aware of the fact that my thirst is satiated? Can I be aware of that? And if I can be aware of the fact that my thirst is satiated, now maybe I'm aware of a slight rumble in my stomach. It's it's almost dinner time. Okay, so can I... Can I witness that? Now, this is, again, it's very, very gross level witnessing, but we begin here. Can I be aware of the rumble in my stomach? Because if I can do that, and I can really get good at that, I'm going to start to be aware of a different type of rumble. It's easy to be aware of the rumble in my stomach. But I'm going to start to cultivate an awareness of a different type of rumbling which is a rumbling of emotion. And just as I may notice my, my stomach start to contract, I'll cultivate the ability to notice my heart contracting. Can I notice the way that my breath starts to get a little bit shallower? And as that's happening, I can notice that there's a rise within me of heat and of energy. We call it anger, but if you notice actually it's heat, it's energy, my heart is starting to beat a little faster, and I'm I'm the one watching it. And you start watching that. And you do that again for a while. I'm going to have to give you a lot of the pieces at once because I just have you for a few minutes. And after you do that for a while, there's actually the ability to be aware of the one who's watching this. So right now, my only goal is to just be aware of who's noticing that there's thirst in my mouth, who's noticing that there's a rumble in my stomach, who's that my, who's saying my mouth, who's saying my stomach, who's watching. But then there also becomes a place of who's the one asking that question? Right? So it takes you, takes you a step farther back. And slowly you cultivate different levels of awareness. Oh, okay. So now I'm sitting in the, the one who's asking the question of, can I go even deeper? But you don't want to go there yet. You begin with the general awareness. Then who's, who's aware? Then who's asking that question? Who's watching? Who's aware? And it takes you into deeper and deeper levels of the self. And what this gives us, what this gives us, aside from 
a beautiful experience in meditation. But what it gives us is the ability not to be victims of our emotions. Otherwise, anger takes us. We yell, we hit, we insult. We do all sorts of things that harm others. And we harm ourselves. There's a, there's a beautiful... A beautiful quotation that says, being angry at someone else is like swallowing poison and expecting someone else to die. The anger that I feel for someone else is burning me first. That anger I experience, well, I mean, nobody injected it into me. I didn't, I didn't catch it from the ether. I manufactured it inside me. I mean, on a consciousness level, we talk about watching it like a wave, but the truth is I'm manufacturing this inside me. Nobody's walked over and injected anger in me. All of that which I'm feeling, I've manufactured. I am, I am the factory of that anger begins in my mind. It begins with a thought. How dare he? How dare she? Why not this? Why not that? But from the thought, the thought is like the boss of the factory. So the, the mind says, how dare he? How dare she? How dare you? Why not this? Why that? And then, like a factory line, the rest of the body starts responding. Oh, okay, we'll produce a lot of adrenaline. Okay, we'll make the heart beat really fast. Okay, we'll speed up the blood pressure. All like very obedient factory workers. And so all of that is part of what we call anger. But it's burning me. Long before I say something to you. Long before I reach up my hand to slap you or not slap you. Long before I slam the door and walk out. I'm the one being burned by it. And lastly, the flip side of course is when you think about something like love, joy, peace, all of that which we, which we experience with other people, in certain places. Well, in the same way that someone's actions or words may have been a trigger, they may have been the trigger for my anger manufacturing plant to start, but I've manufactured it inside. In the same way, someone else's presence, an experience, a sunset, whatever it may be, is a trigger for my internal love manufacturing plant or my internal joy manufacturing plant or my internal peace manufacturing. Because all of that is coming from within me. I may say, you are the reason I'm angry. Or, you are the reason I'm so happy, I'm so in love with you, oh my God, that's so great you're here. But the truth is, that love is within me. You're the, you're the trigger of it. You've switched on my love manufacturing plant. But it's actually taking place inside me. And so this is where we have the, uh, we have the key. We have the decision. What am I going to manufacture? And just like anger burns us before it burns someone else, the love I manufacture, the peace, the joy, long before I give love to someone else, long before I give a smile to someone else, I'm benefiting on the inside. I'm the first beneficiary of whatever my plant manufactures. So this is the decision we all have to make. This is OTRFM, part of the IOM Radio Network.
Om Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Om Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Do you have time to read that inspiring book or that blog post you've been meaning to get to? In your busy world, how do you improve yourself and keep your life going? I'm Lisa Kay, and my Between Heaven and Earth radio show can transform your life just by listening. Be uplifted with inspiring topics, positive stories, and ideas that really work. Between Heaven and Earth radio is conscious living for your soul every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Like Baldwin with people for the ethical treatment of animals. I grew up loving circuses and other traveling animal shows, but it never occurred to me what life might be like for the animals. Training wild animals to do things they don't understand takes force. Routine discipline with a hook or whip with the heel of a boot shows the animal exactly who's the boss. Don't patronize animal acts. Please contact people for the ethical treatment of animals. 757-622-PETA Welcome back. This is Sadvi Bhagavati Saraswati with Inspiration and Transformation. It's important to remember that on the deepest level, yes, we are consciousness. On the deepest level, yes, we are soul. Yes, we are spirit. And these these bodies are just vehicles and vessels for the spirit. And so to put a lot of time and energy of our minds into what our vehicle or vessel looks like is counterproductive. I'm either focused on the pimple on my nose or I'm focused on connecting with consciousness. You can't simultaneously be looking out and looking in at the same time. If I'm meditating deeply inward, I may be aware of the pimple on my nose. It's not that I'm, I'm, I'm no longer aware of the fact that it's there. But my attention isn't focused on it. In the same way that I may be aware of the fact that it's hot out or it's cold out or it's windy or I'm having allergies or my knee hurts. I may be aware of all of those things. But my focus isn't on them. My focus is on connecting with the solar spirit. That being said, the creation is beautiful. And to, to engage in beauty with the creation, there's nothing wrong with that. Painting, painting pictures of the creation whether it's people, whether it's mountains, whether it's trees, whether it's flowers, taking photographs, whatever, whatever art form we may be in, whether it's beautifully depicting that which already exists, or whether it's bringing more beauty to that which exists. Either way. There's nothing wrong with loving beauty in the creation. And if what people want is to cut their hair a certain way or wear clothes in a certain way, nothing wrong with it. There's nothing in spirituality that says, you know, thou shalt dress only in potato sacks. I mean, yeah, we have a history of saints and mystics who wear potato sacks or who wear blankets, or who wear, you know, nothing. There is a reason that when you go deeply on a spiritual path, you lose interest in what you're using to cover the body. Yeah, there's some level of awareness that you don't want to walk through the streets nude, but it just becomes about anything to cover the body and not about the fashion. 
But that's something that happens automatically. I don't know anything written anywhere, anything taught anywhere that says, thou shalt not love the beauty of your body. Thou shalt not, you know, decorate it. If you go to our temples, our images of God, their clothes are changed every day. They've got night clothes, they've got day clothes, they've got winter clothes. I mean, really. I remember the first time I walked into a temple in the winter. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Time and they had, you know, little knit shawls for the deities. And I was like, really? God gets cold? You know, I mean, you think about it. Coming, coming from a Western perspective... It didn't, it didn't make any sense to me. How can, how can God get cold? If it's, if it's just a statue, obviously it doesn't get cold. If it's God, whom we are revering, worshiping, connecting with through this image, well then again, it shouldn't get cold. But what was explained to me so beautifully was, obviously God doesn't get cold. But when we, when we worship God in this form, then obviously we're also going to do everything we can to make it as beautiful as possible. And that in this tradition, we, we personify the divine. And God doesn't mind whether we connect with God in form, no form. It doesn't matter. We talk about this almost every night. And so if I worship God in the form of Krishna, and so in my mandir, my statue of Krishna, my statues of Krishna and Radha, whatever, whatever form I'm worshiping the divine in, and I've got beautiful little, you know, knit shawls for them. Well, that's, that's my devotion. It's not that God gets cold. It's that this is my, this is my love and devotion to, to beautify the image of God. Go to any of the temples and you'll see the clothes on the deities are extraordinary. The amount of time and energy that the people who, who prepare the deities go through to bathe them. I mean, again, God needs to be bathed. Right? But, but this is about, it's not that God needs any of it. It's that in our devotion, we want to make this image of the divine as beautiful as possible. And so in the same way, if, if, you're, if you're working with fashion, if you're working with beauty, nothing wrong with it. God lives in all of us to make ourselves as beautiful as we feel like we can. There's nothing wrong with it. As long as our motivation for doing so is not, then I will love myself. Then I will be worthy. Then I will be enough. Then these people I want to approve of me will approve of me. That's the harmful stuff. That's the dangerous stuff. That's the, oh my God, you know, when the hairdresser did my hair, it looked so good. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out how to make it look like that again. I wish I hadn't gone to sleep. I wish I hadn't had a shower because there is no way now that I can make my hair look like it looked yesterday. Yesterday I felt beautiful. Today I feel ugly. Yesterday I felt worthy. Today I feel unworthy. So I'm going to spend two hours berating myself in the bathroom with a blow dryer and a brush and a mirror and spray and gel and whatnot until I feel okay. That's dangerous. 
Because what that saying is not, let me beautify this body, which is a vehicle and a vessel for the divine. But until and unless this vehicle is beautiful, it isn't divine. And those are two very different things. And it also implies that God has a specific preference for what beauty is, that God prefers certain skin tones, God prefers certain hair colors, God prefers, you know, complexions that don't have pimples on their nose to complexions that do have pimples on their nose. And again, there's nothing I've read that says, thou shalt be beautiful and pimple-free. Nowhere. In the, in the aim for beauty, it's to, to celebrate, to celebrate the beauty of the creation. We decorate God in the temples because God is beautiful. We decorate ourselves because we are divine. We've been created of the divine. So spirituality is not about neglecting the temple of the body. We're told over and over again, the body is a temple. We keep it clean. We take care of it. It's a temple. Now, that doesn't mean I need to use lipstick and eyeshadow and hairspray to be beautiful. We all have different, different ways of doing it. In the same way that there's different temples who dress their deities in different ways. Nothing better, nothing worse. But the point being that being engaged in fashion, being engaged in beauty, there's nothing wrong with it. If people want to beautify their, their vessels and their vehicles, why not be an agent of that? Sure. As long as you don't perpetuate the myth that through what you're doing to their hair, through the clothes you're giving them, that you are increasing their worth. That you're turning someone who's not enough into someone who's enough. That you're turning someone who should be embarrassed to walk out like that into someone who can feel proud to walk out like that. Our, our pride comes from the fact that, that we're divine, that we're whole, that we're complete. It's a pride not of ego. It's a pride of being a reflection of that which is perfect. And yeah, if I want to put sparkles and glitter on the perfection to remind myself that I'm, I'm sparkly and glittery because I'm divine, why not? And so if you've got this opportunity, actually, it's a very special opportunity because what you're going to get is people sitting in your chair who feel like they're not enough, who feel like they're not worthy. And you actually have the opportunity while giving them what they've come in for with their hair, with their fashion, with the, a teaching. Yeah, okay, you want it straight, I'll straighten it. You want it curly, I'll curl it. You want it longer, we'll put extensions. You want it shorter, I'll cut it. But while they're in your chair, they're yours. Really? And if, if the goal is to touch and to teach people, well, get them however you can. Whatever your soapbox may be. If you've got something to teach and something to share, you don't, you don't have to sit on a cushion on a stage and wait for people to come. If you've already got an avenue to share something with people, share it. Whether you're cutting their hair, whether you're dressing their bodies, whatever you may be doing, use that as an opportunity to help them, help them feel beautiful about themselves long before their haircut is done, long before their clothes have been changed. And that's, that's a special opportunity. So no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about changing professions. 
Sure, if something else lands in your lap and you decide that you love it even more than what you're doing, change. But there's, there, there's nothing, there's nothing short of violence, corruption, environmental destruction that's an unspiritual career. You can use pretty much any career as a way to further your own path and as a way to connect with others. You can do it as a waiter or a waitress, engaged in dialogue with people you're serving, even just bringing smiles to people. I mean, literally, you can do it as anything. The scriptures are full of stories of, you know, even low, low caste, low class workers, cobblers, who were great expounders of the Vedas. And you could say, well, God, I mean, people are just going to him to get their shoes fixed. Isn't that sort of a materialistic type of thing? But he wasn't just fixing their shoes. Who's fixing their selves. Not just sewing their shoes back together, but literally helping them sew their selves back together. So whatever you've got, use it. Use it as a way to reach out and to connect and to teach and to touch. Because that's much more effective than standing on a soapbox on a street corner where nobody listens to you, at least as somebody doing hair and clothes, you've got them. You've got a captive audience. You may not be able to impact everyone, but slowly, 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 the ripples will, will go. And as we all know, the greatest, the greatest way, fastest way and the greatest way to become beautiful is to smile. It's a wonderful expression that says, smile. It improves your face value. And so if you can make them smile deeply from within in a way that makes their eyes light up, they're going to look more beautiful. They're going to feel more beautiful, regardless of the hair. So, So you've actually even done what they've come to you for and more. This brings to a close this hour of inspiration and transformation. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad to be together with you all each week. And I look forward to being together again next Thursday, same time, on Ohm Times Radio.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.